0: Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with uh, Mark Andreessen. We're going to talk about Breaking Bad and the Better Call Saul, uh, that universe. Um, just for reference sake, uh, we are today we are recording this on uh, July 23rd. Uh, so it's up to season six, uh, episode nine of Better Call Saul. Oh, by the time you listen to this, uh, there might have been enough, another episode or two or even the whole series could have finished depending on, uh, when you're, when, uh, when you're listening. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've done a lot of, uh, solid breaking bad podcasts. Uh, usually with Chris Nicholson and, um, I, I love the show. I'm, I'm, I'm still not sick of doing it. And Mark, me, Mark and I have been t- talking about the show. I think we have some similarities and differences in, in sort of how we see, uh, the lessons uh, of them both. Um, and so, I said, why don't we just come on and why don't we just talk about it? Uh, So, so Mark, um, what is, what is the, what is the lesson of the breaking bad universe? What does it tell us about human nature, life, society? What's, what's the, what's the theme here?
1: So I'm the most dangerous person in the world. I'm an autodidact with a philosophy book, Uh um, which I, which I'm going to use to uh, attempt to uh, bludgeon this topic to death. Um, So. So let's take a step back and let's let's see if you agree with let's see if you agree with any of this. let's take a step back, which is like what what's the nature of a show like this, you know? And, and basically, mo- ex- extrapolated more broadly, like what's the nature of crime fiction generally, you know? What was the nature of The Godfather or of you know Martin Scorsese's you know Good, Goodfellas? All these you know all these movies over the years, you know, the, basically the entire genre. Um, what's the nature of you know the antihero right in drama? What's the nature of The Sopranos, The Shield? you know, Mad Men, you know, kind of these, you know, this generation of shows. But, but by the way, this generation of shows is, be, I'd be curious to see whether this generation of shows continues in our new, more enlightened time. But let's say between 2000 and 2020, there was this kind of, you know, explosion of this kind of fiction. Um, and, and, and I would, you know, and, and I would say, you know, look, there's there's a variety of different things, you, you know, different answers you could give to what's the nature of the show. You know, you could say these are character dramas, right, with these interpersonal stories. Um, You could focus on that, Uh, you know, you could talk a lot, obviously, about the psychological interplay, right, among all the characters, which is obviously important. Um, You know, you could also say these are like, you know, parables of good versus evil. Um, And, you know, you could say that this gives, you know, that these are like escapist fantasies that give the viewer a chance to kind of basically, you know, pretend you know, through the protagonist kind of be evil for a little while, kind of participate in the dark side uh, before coming back into the light um you know these shows famously have this you know david chase used to talk about this kind of love-hate relationship he had with the sopranos audience where he kind of he, he sort of developed contempt for the audience over time because he felt like they were you know they were they were identifying a sympathy too much with tony and then he would have to have tony do something like just horribly evil to basically just like shame the audience into realizing that they're you know basically complicit with you know with all these horrible crimes so, so anyway these are all and these are all i guess you could say like the conventional kind of explanations for what what these these shows and the, these genres are um I think there's a deeper thing going on. And I, I think I think these shows are, are Nietzschean. Um, and I, I think that's true of basically all of these shows that are crime dramas. I think it's true of basically all of these shows that have antiheroes. Um, and then I think it's just, you know, more generally true of crime fiction, you know, kind of generally. Um, and, and basically, they're you know, they're, they're Nietzschean by which I say that the, the saga is basically of, you know, almost always a man. Um, who is basically pursuing his will to power in the Nietzschean sense, um, and he's attempting to become the Superman. Um, and then there are basically stories of how that has become basically impossible in you know, the sort of modern Christian society, modern Christian, post-Christian, you know, kind of ethical moral, moral society. Um, and they sort of show this battle, right? Which is, you know, the, the, these characters are trying to build something. They're trying to build, you know, Tony Soprano's trying to build a crime, fi- crime family. Walter White's trying to build a meth empire you know, uh, you know, uh, Mad Men, um, you know, Don is trying to build, you know, an advertising agency and all of these other kinds of things in his life. And so they're, you know, they're trying to build, now they're trying to build, like, in some sense, bad things, but they're trying to build, right? Mm -hmm. And then society basically comes in and basically hammers and hammers and hammers and hammers until, you know, finally, they're, you know, they're brought down. Um, So I think they're the, I think they're the story about that. And we can talk about that. And then I also think (laughs) there's another level, there's like a meta level at which they're also about that, which is, It's basically like my big question: We only have these will-to-power stories in our culture as basically bad people trying to build bad things. There's a completely missing genre, which is the will-to-power story of basically good people trying to build good things, and and and, and, right sort of a a positive form of the nature of Superman. And and I would argue like that's the genre that like literally doesn't exist.
0: Have you seen um, Silicon Valley on HBO? So
1: I have to confess, I watched the first season. I loved it. Um, I, I I I I'm too close to it, <laughs> so it was it was freaking me out too much, um, and yeah. so I stopped after the first season. You could so, you could argue. I, I don't know how it. You, you, you can spoil it for me if you want. Um, did, did it end in glory?
0: Uh, I I s I watched more than you. I haven't watched all of it, but I watched several seasons, maybe three or four of them. And uh it's the you know, the general lesson is these people are doing pretty cool things and they're doing it for the right reasons. And they're yeah, they're they're uh, you know, I think there was there's some critiques of people in the media who dislike Silicon Valley and want everything to be sort of a, a left-wing fairy tale that they don't like the show. So I think it is I, I think it is part of that genre, but it is unique. I I, I struggle to think of uh, I struggle to think of anything recent that's like this. I think I think you're right, but it is a sort of partial exception.
1: Well, there's there, there's okay. So let, there, there's a there's a there's a very interesting set of things that kind of straddle the line. So um, uh, so since you mentioned Silicon Valley, so um, the Social Network movie, um, uh-huh. and then also Wall Street um, in the '80s um, are, are two vivid examples. And then actually, also um, we could talk about the Watchmen comic. Actually, had the same the, the, the property I'm about to describe, which is. Um, the characters, you know, what's his name? Um, Sorkin, uh, Aaron Sorkin for, uh, the soul who wrote the social network. And then, um, uh, what's his name for, uh, uh, Oliver Stone who did Wall Street. Like, you know, they're both lefty, you know, they're both kind of far lefties. Um, right. They're both kind of boomer lefties. Um, if you read kind of their interviews right over the years, they talk about how they, you know, they were clearly trying to basically you know, create a biting indictment of this kind of bad version of the Nietzsche of Superman that ultimately brought low you know, and Bud Fox is humiliated and Gordon Deckel goes down in flames and, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, Facebook succeeds in the social network, but they had to create this entire basically fake plot around Mark's social life and, girls and the whole thing to try to make him look you know, kind of sad and pathetic, which was you know, basically completely fictional, as it turns out. But you know, they wanted mm-hmm. it to kind of look like a, a, a tragic figure. Um, I, I bring those up because, there, to your point, there are a generation of founders in Silicon Valley who interpreted the social network as the positive form of the superman. They, they actually, they, uh. We meet entrepreneurs all the time now who are like, wow, that movie is why I became a tech entrepreneur. I want to be just like Mark Zuckerberg in that movie. And in the same way, I've met a lot of Wall Street people over the years who have said they went into Wall Street because of the movie Wall Street um, and they saw the garden gecko character and they're like, yeah, that's what I want to be. And so maybe the best of this kind of Superman, Ichi and Superman drama is the one that can be interpreted in both directions. Um, I, you know, I just, I just find when you get into the crime fiction, it just gets very clear which, which way the sort of, you know, which way they're sprinkling loading it. Like the, the criminals kind of have to go down in flames.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, Breaking Bad and Saul, but, you know, these other shows, you've got me thinking. So, like, The Sopranos, I mean, is Tony—I think it's it's sort of the opposite, that Tony is not— you know, he's building something and then he's trying to be, you know, he's, he's, he'd be, he's the crime boss, but they're, they're sort of, the, it's made to seem petty and pathetic all the way down and they're not building anything. I mean, they're just, you know, they're just dumping garbage and, uh, you know, pushing around, you know, uh, uh normal people running, running businesses and there, and there's no greater, you know, amb- ambition here. I mean, I remember this, this one, uh, episode in the, um, in the Sopranos where, uh, uh, Chris, um, goes to the mansion of the, of the, uh, black rapper. Do you remember, do you remember this? and he's hitting yeah, on his true. girlfriend and he's yeah. he's like in awe of like these rappers and like all that they have and he's like you know uh, junior you know with his moldy old sweaters being the crime boss so it really is a sort of you know it's a very you know sort of depressing cynical sort of you know uh, take on on these people that makes them all look pathetic so he's, so Prados, was just sort of like the king of this you know genre you know I, I don't see it like that um but but
1: that if I could have that so that You're actually, actually, I'm actually agreeing with you as follows, which is, that's sort of my meta point, which is the only stories we can have about the Nietzsche and Superman are the stories of basically evil and degradation, right? Like, those are the only stories we're allowed to have. We're only allowed to have arcs like that, or arcs that straddle it somewhere in the middle where you can interpret it both ways. We're not allowed to have the arcs. We're not allowed, here's the show we're not allowed to have. We're not allowed to have Napoleon. Uh Right. We're not allowed to have Napoleon, the lavishly produced eight season, 80 episode, like masterpiece, uh, masterwork basically shows how Napoleon takes over the world. We're not allowed to have the Ark of Alexander the Great. We're not allowed to have the Ark of King Tut. Right. We're not allowed to have the Ark, you know, know, Beethoven or Goethe or, you know, take your pick of like any basically glorious, basically, you know, the sort of canonical. You know, the, the, the people in history who you would, you know, Julius Caesar, Augustus Caesar. Like, these are not the stories we get. Actually, it's it's funny. HBO actually had a Rome series. They let it go two seasons and killed it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the Crybus, you know, shows go like eight, nine seasons. Um, We're we're not allowed to have the season. We're not allowed to have the shows and the sagas and the epics, by the way, that were common before Christianity, right? Um, In which, basically, you have these strong, basically, people kind of overcoming, uh, you know, conventional, you know, kind of visions of, like, reality and limitations of human achievement and then accomplishing something, like, truly profound and great. Like are, are, in the Christian ethic, like by definition, that kind of has to be bad. Um, mm. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll pause there. But I mean, well, so let me, me add one more thing. So Nietzsche, talk, right, Nietzsche talks about, the, the thing that got me going on, on the Nietzschean kind of thing of this is right, of course, the, the title of Nietzsche's famous book on this topic is Beyond Good and Evil. And of course, the point that Nietzsche, you know, kind of kind of makes on this is like the whole concept that there are, you know, good versus evil is basically, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ethical construct of basically Christianity, like sort of Judeo-Christian ethic. Judeo-Christian era, mm-hmm. you know, he's you know basically before that you didn't have good versus evil, you had strong versus weak, right? Yeah. And 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 the, and his whole point of the construction of morality in the modern era is that it based, you know, it, it gets described as like good and evil, but fundamentally it's an attempt for the weak to basically harness the strong, uh, or prevent the strong from being able to self actualize. Um, and so that's my point. Like we 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 don't actually have the full story of the strong self actualizing We're not allowed to have that. We're only allowed to have the de- degraded version of which The Sopranos is a great example.
0: Mm-hmm. So is the so is the, the the Nietzschean sort of lesson so if you you had the idea uh, sort of the idealized uh, Nietzschean production it would be the idea that there's a man and he wants to do something great. It could be evil, or it could be it could be good. Um, the point is, he wants to do something that nobody else can do, and he wants to build something. And you know, if he's if he has an antagonist, it's other men, but it's also sort of society and its rules and its sort of egalitarian uh, uh, norms and conventions and laws. The, this is this is to you the essence of of Nietzsche, uh, like yeah, a Nietzsche. That's
1: Somebody who would succeed in his grand ambition, despite the efforts of the weak men around him and the weakness of society around him, right? And the morality of society that, according to Nietzsche, existed for the weak to be able to judge the strong. Despite all that, he would succeed, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, like, just and again, like, just it's just simply like it just simply doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, and for and, and for to something be something to be a Nietzschean story you know the, the good evil has to be has to be at least downplayed the the the, the sort of the the uh, variable that we care about is is strong or weak and and so you you're, you see breaking bad as, as as nietzschean or is it nietzschean it's nietzschean in the sense that it's um it's it's a nietzsche it's a the nietzschean story we are allowed to have uh, because w- why is it, why is it? It just, okay. So here's a, but here, here's like a, a, an argument that it just is. It's just as Nietzschean in the sense that he's Walt is sort of degraded morally, but you know, we, we talked about this in the end. He wins. He, he, uh, he, what, he's, what does he care about? He cares about revenge, and he and he cares about beating other people. And he ends up, you know, killing each one of his enemies. Right? Um, he kills Gus. Uh, he kills the Nazis. Uh, he ends up taking care of his family. Um, they get the uh, uh, they get at least some of his money. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't go to jail, or he doesn't never like answers for his uh, uh, for his crimes. He ends up um, he ends up. Uh, uh, you know, save, saving Jesse. Uh, so why isn't that why isn't that a Nietzsche, Nietzschean triumph? I mean, you're you're saying, well, he became. You probably might say he bad made bad moral decisions, but that that that's that's what a Christian would say, right? A Nietzschean would say, just you know, Walt won, and then that's all there is to it.
1: Well, a, a Nietzschean Nietzsche would say whatever decisions Walt makes are the correct decisions, right? Because like because because weak people are not in a position to judge him one way or the other. Right. So, but let me get, let me get specifically to your, to your comments. So, so you look at it, you know, as, as sort of Walt has this victory for the reasons that you described. And I, and look, I think like if you just basically put like, let's say a psychological lens on the show, you know, kind of you you, you everything that you said makes total, total sense. Um, if you put a Nietzschean lens on the show, like he gets almost completely, almost completely destroyed, right? His, his meth empire completely collapses. Um, you know, it, does, it, it, I mean, first it gets taken over by these brutish Nazis, right? So it doesn't even survive, you know, kind of the, it doesn't, he, you know his method. You know you remember the the, the point in the show where he peaks, right? Where he's like, you know, where he says, "I won," right? Um, you know, th- there's the moment after he kills Gus, where like, okay, now he is actually the meth kingpin. Yeah, like, he yeah. actually built the meth empire, and then almost immediately, these like brutish, thuggish, stupid Nazis like just like rip it away from him, right? Um, and so like he loses the meth empire like almost immediately, and then of course, you know, again through the Nietzschean lens, um, you know, he loses his wife, who you know ends up hating him. Uh, he loses his son who ends up hating him. you know, to your point, he does take care of them financially, but like they do end up hating him. He loses his infant daughter. Right. Um, uh, you know, in a true Nietzschean move, you know, at one point he tries to, you know, he tries to take her, um, and then, you know, and then his sort of, you know, his Christian morality kicks in and he's like, well, I can't do that. Um, and so, you know, look, and then, and then, yeah, and then he dies and he, and he dies, you know, look, he dies. There are no monuments. It's, is, you know, you know, there's no pyramid, you know, there's no Walter White pyramid. Right. There's no but statue.
0: He, he right? he care about it. He he's not in it for the love of meth. Like meth to him is just like he makes the, cool, the best meth because he's brilliant. He's Walter White and he gets away with it. He doesn't care about meth as like, you know, for the love of meth. Like when he's dead, he doesn't want the meth empire to survive. He doesn't care. So maybe, maybe the, I don't know if that's Nietzschean or not, but, th- but that's, that's not his goal. Like he, do, he doesn't care about that.
1: Yeah, I think I disagree. I Maybe mean, maybe we disagree here actually, because you made the same kind of comment on Tony and the crime family. Like, I, and maybe look, maybe it's just because I do what I do for a living. But like, you know, look, I, I look at what Tony's trying to do, building his New Jersey crime family, and what Walter's doing, trying to build the meth empire. As they are actually trying to build empires. Like, they 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 are. You know, these it's it's the personality type that in a previous era would have been raising an army, right? That would have been mounting raids on the neighboring village. That would have been trying to start a religion. Right, that would have been you know they would have been built they would have been building a, a, you know some a human organization at scale that would have been able to accomplish great things that other men would look at and say oh my god like that's like you know you know you know, you know. again that's why I go through you know the uh, Alexander the Great like Napoleon Genghis Khan like you know these are like the fully realized like examples of this you know in in military history and then in, in art you've got you know your your Beethoven and your Picasso and so you know you there are lots of you know sort of successful supermen over the over over the over the over the, over the, what, the millennia. And I just look at it as these guys were actually trying to build something like that, and again, a dark, degraded, dirty, negative form of it, because that's the version of the story we're allowed to have. But nevertheless, they were trying to build something, and then basically, in each case, it just gets basically, it basically they 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 crumple under the weight of society, they crumple under the weight of conventional morality, they crumple under the weight of all the basically the you know the sort of the, the sort of forces of weak man allied against them, you know, in, in say inferior people. You know, I mean, look, you know, this is why I say he. The fact his empire gets ripped away by the Nazis, like his empire doesn't get ripped away by somebody who's even smarter than he is, Mm. right? Like, you know, because the the, the contest with Gus, like, it's like they're both super geniuses, right? And they're going at it and they're like, you know, relatively equally matched. And then it turns out Walt is slightly smarter and wins. You know, it's not like there's some superior Superman who's like another 20 IQ points that comes along, rips it away. It's these idiot Nazis, right? And so he can't even maintain the integrity of what he's built against these thugs. Right. And, and so he just like, and, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, look, he died, you know, he dies with his family destroyed and that's it. And it's over. And it's, you know, like, whatever, it, it, there's nothing left. It's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's all just ashes. Right
0: so I mean there's I mean there's an alternative you know a, a sort of uh, understanding of these and I think it's my understanding of, of these shows is maybe right. m- I mean, maybe it's, it's something like the opposite of yours I see it as more you know Ann Coulter says it's a, a Christian morality tale I, I, I wouldn't go that far she goes oh you know uh, you know, we'll, we'll post a link to the article she's like Jesse goes to the um, you know the rehab and it's Buddhist so it's not Christian so he still hates himself and if he had Jesus I'm like no you're reading that you're reading into that uh, Ann but, but, there, but I think there is a you know it is there is is sort of good and evil in this universe, and there are people who are shades of gray. And we're some, the people that we care about most are the shades of gray. You know, it's, it's Walter. And I don't know. Chris, Chris Nicholson actually made the case to me that Walter is just bad. There's there's no shades of gray, but you know, we at least see him as like a, a, a productive citizen, right? Um, but there, but you know there there are just there are just like good people and I would argue each of these shows Breaking Bad and Saul has so has has like an as as I um, I don't know ha- anti hero or hero but he you know he's not the guy he's not the guy you sympathize with but he's the guy who ends up being right and so in Breaking Bad this is uh, this is Hank. And in uh, Saul, this is both Ch- this is both Chuck uh, in the early seasons, and then it becomes Howard. Um, and these and, and and in the and you know if you're you're you are watching the show and you are rooting you know in, in many cases for Walter or uh, Jimmy um but these you know it becomes clear over time that these guys are you know maybe their shades of great, but they're generally not good guys they're not completely evil they're not like the salamancas the salamancas are just scum of the earth and everyone tells off the salamancas you know before they before they uh die so nacho tells off the uh the salamancas and you know <laughs> gus just you know hates them and wants wants to uh um you know just wants to wipe them out just because you know they morally sort of outrage him um but you know, I think I think the, the I think you could say that the lesson here is that if you try, if you it, it's easy to buy into the temptation of this uh, this Nietzschean stuff. I'm going to break the rules. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I want because I'm going to build something great. Uh, but in the end, you end up being a bad person because you end up, uh, end up harming other people. Um, and then, you know, maybe it works, you know, maybe it works or, or maybe it doesn't. But you're morally tainted. And I, and I think the show is, you know, wants, it has a very strong moral judgment against people who make these kind of compromises for the sake of the greater good because, I'm the, you know, I'm the overman and I'm going to, uh, you know, I don't have to play by society's rules.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, no, number one, I totally agree with. The, I think what you said, of what Coulter said, and I think what you're saying, which is, yes, I, I do think these shows are Christian morality tales. Um, I, I do think very much. Like I said, it is very important that they end with the protagonist in flames, like dead or in jail. Like all these shows have to end with, you know, it's, it's just with some variation of protagonist that in jail. Like they, they can't be allowed to just win. But, I mean, but that, it
0: shows us the. That it shows us the temptation. It very it plays to our psychology. It shows the tempt- The Nietzschean stuff is never going to go away, and that, and we wouldn't want to watch a show about the the just the pure Christian guys. I mean, that's that's sort of the moral complexity here that we're we're, well, we're right. We well,
1: right? And, and maybe there's a dramatic lens on this we could say, which is the, the basically like, yeah, the purely the purely right, the purely good story would be like you know mawkish. It'd be like a, a Hallmark Channel special or something like that, right? Um, um, and then and, and, we, and we also wouldn't watch the show that's just pure evil because it would be you know we just feel too degraded. It would just be awful. Um, uh, you know, like every once in a while, if you, if you saw, I, I gave up on it in the first episode, but there was this British show that got great reviews called The Fall. Um, and it's about, uh, it's this guy, Jamie Dornan, Dorn, Dorn, the uh, uh, actor plays a, plays a serial killer. And then Jillian uh, 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 Anderson plays the, the detective trying to catch him. And And the show, at least in the first episode, like it, it basically, it tries to put you in the, it, it tries to kind of put you in the character, proxy character of the serial killer. Uh, and I my reaction to the show, the very first episode, was like, I'm not watching this. I don't want to see this. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to have the to think about this. I don't want to. have The serial killer is like the
0: main protagonist of the show. You're supposed. You're just. You're, 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 even, you're following through his eyes.
1: I don't even know where they take it. I, I. It seems like it's supposed to turn into some cat and mouse thing, but they try to get at least the way I interpret it was. They actually try to get you identify with the serial killer, um, wow. uh, or put yourself in his shoes. And I was just like, I don't. You know, he's like rearranging That's great. bodies. I just see like,
0: the show try to do that. Before. I'm
1: just like, I'm out. No, it's gotten great reviews. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people like it. So may, maybe that's a different uh-huh. thing. But th- to your point, like. Yeah, look, you know, that's not what we're talking about. That's not this. I I think the thing I would challenge you on within the context of this idea of these shows are are, are Christian reality plays. is like, look, are we we attracted to vicariously participate uh, and to see ourselves? Well, here's what happens. Like the scenes where like it's Walter versus Hank, right? So I don't know, the famous scene where it's like Walter and Hank and I forget the one, but they're in the cars and, you know, it's like Hank might discover him and Walter's got to like navigate around him you know they're clearly designed right where we're supposed to root for uh, walter right we're we're, mm. we're we're on his side we're we're hoping he gets away with it right and so it's like a guilty pleasure that we we hope that he gets away with it right but but the question i have for him is are we identifying with him because he's evil like are we attracted to the evil or are we attracted to something else and and, and my theory is we're not actually attracted to the evil we're not watching these shows because what these guys are doing is bad Right, and, and and we and we wish that we had like an alter ego that you know another life we could live where we were bad. I don't think that's what's happening. I think what's happening is they're breaking the rules. Right, they're they're they are not. It's not it's not it, they are they are evil within within the definition of Christian reality. They're doing evil things, but the attraction is they're violating the norms. Right, they they're they're breaking out of the limitations. They're breaking out of the box that the rest of us are in. When they want something, they can go figure out a way to do it and to get it, and they don't have to worry about conventional morality, they don't have to worry about laws, they don't have to worry about the police, they don't have to worry about any of the things that prevent, they don't have to worry about guilt, right? They don't have to worry about any of the things that prevent us from doing those things in the real life. It's not that we're attracted to doing those things, it's that we all know deep down, my theory, this is my my big central theory and all this, we all know deep down that like if we were really strong, we would be able to do a lot of things that we're not actually able to do. Like there is there is in all of us like there's a deep seated level of will to power. There's a deep seated level of will to power of a sort of foundational energy that society has shackled. And by the way, maybe for good. Like maybe that's better overall. Than it's been shackled, but it's been shackled, and we all know that we're shackled. And these shows are a chance for us, for once, to identify with somebody who's not shackled. And so that's that's my core theory.
0: Yeah. So why do why do we like Walter is an interesting question. Why we like uh, Jimmy, I think, is easier. And it's just he's got a silver tongue um, and he's clever, and that, that's just it's just fun. I mean, he's he's funny, and I, I think that's that's a kind of charisma that's that's easy to understand. Sure. Um, Walter, you know, I think it has something to do with. Um, you know, I, I think I, you know, he has a strong, you know, I think we're, we're attracted to people who have a strong sense of, of who they are. I mean, he doesn't, I mean, he, so, I mean, I, I can't tra- contrast him. I contrasted it the Hank, um, who's just like, we've all seen like the guy, especially in the first seasons where he's just like a bully. He's always like sort of making snide comments, you know, everything is a competition, uh, with him, um, to Walt, you know, Walter is sort of, you know, above that and he sort of stands apart and he sort of watches humanity and he sees people in their, you know, their foibles. He, you know, he he can see like this, you know, he's smart, so he can see the stupidity um, of like the criminals and, and Jesse and, you know, he can just shake his head at them. And then he can see the, um, he can see the sort of, you know, it, the, it's the sort of, uh, overcompensating, you know, uh, macho sort of per, a persona of someone like Hank. And, and so like, there's these, like, People that like annoy us, and he's sort of like an- annoyed uh, by the same things. And so I think that I think that's part of it. I think there's, I think this is what people call authenticity. There, there is some like core to him, you know, that is not that does not depend on the approval of, of other people. And I think uh, the, I, uh, Peter, I saw an interview with Peter Gould, um, the, one of the creators along with Vince Gilligan. And he said, you know, the, the, the difference between the show is that, um, Walter wants to be, uh, respected. He doesn't care if he's liked and Jimmy wants to be liked, you know, he cares, mm-hmm. cares about that more than being respected. And I think people, I think people respect that. That just, you know, he just, even when he's like a nobody and he's, and he's, you know, he's just like a sort of, you know, a, a, a sort of, a sort uh, He's just sort of, you know, a regular citizen paying his taxes, going through the normal indignities of, of middle class life. Um, you know, he still he still is who he is, and he still just doesn't care. He doesn't buy into it. He, you know, he does he does what he has what he has to do. Um, you know, do we do we just like people because they break rules? You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so necessarily. I mean, like, you know, if someone like Hank in the first few seasons, if you find out he's, uh, you know, he's stealing, uh, you know, he he doesn't do this because he's actually morally, you know, a, an upstanding character. Uh, but you know, he's he's on the take from the cartels, or he's you know using his power to like, you know, uh, uh, you know push people around and you know w- w- whatever. I don't think that would be cool. But, I, I think it's I think it's like no, I that's think the shield. He, he, you just
1: you just described the shield. I mean that literally you the just shield described. Is- those shield. guys
0: are awesome. But those okay. I love the shield. Have you seen all of the shield?
1: Yeah, I've seen the entire thing, and I know you haven't, so uh, I won't spoil it. But you, you okay, just described. Yes, it. You it. literally just described. Like, what if Hank Schrader were a bully and on the take? You just described Vic Mackey.
0: No, but Vic, and, Ma- and, and, but Vic and, Mackey is Vic Mackie is charismatic in the, in a way that uh you know Hank yeah. Hank Schrader is is not. And is it is the difference between them that you know one breaks? The I think you know. I think that both the sort of the. um you know, the, the situation that, um, you know, I think the shield, the, you know, the situation that they're in, I think this, the, the story of the shield is basically if Vic Mackey and, and the, and his team wasn't doing what they're doing. Like, you know, the Los Angeles would be up in flames. I think that's the idea. And so they're, they're in a different situation. They're, they're, they're in a completely sort of different well, circumstance.
1: If Hank Schrader uh, wasn't doing what he did, you'd have, you know, method, you'd have, you know, twice the number of methods all over. yeah yeah you know, but, but He doesn't you know, need to like break the rules. Himself. So he
0: can, he can, he can play the, he can, he yeah. can, uh, play the role So if, <laughs> But my
1: point is, like, he's a much less interesting yeah. character. So there's a helicopter in just a second.
0: Yeah, um, this is... Uh, this is.
1: Uh, Vic, Mac, Vic, Vic Mackey, yeah, look, the contexts are very different. I, t- I totally acknowledge that. I'm just saying, like, the fundamental characters. Vic Mackey is, is you know, is quite, literal, is quite literally what you just described. It's like Hank Schrader, uh, you know, plus uh, corruption banality, you know, dishonesty, <laughs> right? Like, bullying. And, and, like, The Shield is... It, the Sh- Because The Shield's another example of the exact same thing I'm talking about. Vic Mackey is also the compromised Nietzsche and Superman. I, and I won't tell you what happens to the end, but like, he is, he is, he is, like he's building an empire. Like he, he's building an empire. Yeah. We, he, you know, he's, he's basically running LA, um, right. Effectively on the street. Um, <laughs> right. And, and there's a, there's a good side to it, which is what you described, which is he's holding back yeah. the tide, you know, in the, in the conceit of the yeah. show, at least let's say he's holding back a tide yeah. of madness that would flow if he wasn't there. But look, he's also, up for himself, he's also like stealing money. He's also like bullying yeah. people. He's covering things. Yeah, like yeah. He's doing all. I mean, in the very first episode, he shoots. He shoots and kills another cop, yeah. right? Like they do that like right out of the gate to establish the fact that you're not dealing with like you know traditionally like you know you're not dealing with like traditional you know Christian morality here. Yeah, uh, and they make it. They make him enticing, nevertheless, right? Like that, that was what was for me was so impressive about the shield is. They make him into an equally enticing character as, as Tony or as uh, Walt, even though right out of the gate he's clearly just like an absolute shit as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, and, but, you know, but with, it can't, no it can't be just,
0: just. It can't be just breaking the rules. Okay, I think it has to be. I think in, you need some combination things. In, in yeah.
1: pursuit of a higher ideal, right? In pursuit of a higher goal. Yeah,
0: well, he's just stealing office supplies. Yeah, that, that's not that's yeah. not cool. These right? guys, <laughs> these guys
1: all have big ambitions. Let me let me come at your your Saul comment though from another angle, which is. What would Saul be as a show if uh, Jimmy was not a highly skilled con man um, and if Saul were an ethical lawyer? And, and and the answer is, like, you could still have a show, but it wouldn't be this show. Right. It would be a very different kind of show with a very different kind of story and a very different mm-hmm. kind of sense of uh, your, your sense of it as a as a uh, as, an, as as the audience. Don't you think?
0: Uh, well, I mean, the asking what if you know what if uh, Jimmy was an ethical lawyer and not a can man? It's like asking what would Breaking Bad be if, if it didn't have meth. I mean, it's, it's sort of hard to imagine. I mean, that's that's sort of the whole that's sort of the well, whole uh, show, right? You can
1: imagine a dramatic you can imagine a dramatic version, right? Uh, like a literary drama version of Saul, in which you just have this like kid whose brother yeah, to, like us and him his all the brother. Time.
0: Yeah, and his, his yeah, brother. Yeah. Like and he then he ultimately becomes a lawyer and his brother
1: never respects him and blah blah blah. And then he finds then the only part of law that he can actually practice with his, you know, shit degree is, you know, for the sketchiest criminals, but he's constantly, you know, but he's trying as hard as he can to stay on the side of goodness and light, and he doesn't break the rules and he's scrupulously honest and he has all these moral like what what does Saul never have with a client? He never has a moral dilemma, right? Like he never mm. he, he never, you know. Any normal law show, any normal lawyer show, like the lawyers have like all the, you know, like the practice, remember that one? Like the lawyers are always in these moral dilemmas. Like they'll have a client they know is guilty and they'll have this huge moral dilemma as like what they should do about it. Right. And, 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 and Saul Goodman has never had a moral dilemma like that in his entire life. Right. So, and at least I tell you, I tell you, I tell you which one I like better.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, I maybe it's maybe it's simpler than that. So, I think you're right. You can have like a brother's drama, and you could have like the law stuff, and you could have you know this guy's trying to get this guy disbarred, Um, and you know it would be it
1: it would be no fun. It would be no would, fun, be, right?
0: Well, the, the, the difference maybe is just violence. It's just the fact that some people can get killed. No, imagine Saul or Breaking Bad where nobody gets killed or nobody has right, ever right. has the thre- threat of getting killed. That's why sort of it has to be crime. Like oh, there's there's drama in legal cases. I mean there there's drama in politics. Um, you know sometimes yep. we like that stuff. Sometimes we do that. But nobody dies. You know so, something is missing. Maybe maybe it's just it's just that simple. Maybe that's why it has to sort of center around crime or people doing bad things because otherwise you know everyone lives. You know. Well, well, what was at stake? What was at stake? That it's just, it's just, it's just. It's sort of a, it's sort of a cheat code, right? It's like, it's like you could just show people going through life, but you have to sort of insert life and death uh, at some point, or you know, it doesn't, or it, it doesn't, it does. You're going to be a disadvantage compared to the shows that do have that stuff.
1: Well, how's this? How about if you paired? How about if you thought about it in terms of pairs? And so, what if you said pair Buttercall saw with the practice? Uh, did you see the practice when it was on? No, I haven't sense? seen the practice. Okay. It's a, it's a, or LA law or any of these like legal, any of these straight legal shows. No. Uh, the practice was very popular at the time. And it was like a, it was, it was sort of what you're describing. Um, and so you, you could pair, you could pair Saul in the practice. Um, uh, you could pair, um, the West wing and house of cards. Um, you could pair, uh, let's call it, um, you know, um, what's it called law and order and the shield. Uh-huh. um i i would argue I, you can actually do this exact compare and contrast um and, and by the way the, the other those other shows in each case the practice and um and the west wing and um and long order are all fantastically su- successful shows
0: yeah i guess you're right but
1: they're not but there's no niches with their i would argue what they're lacking is the niches superman but uh, and therefore what they're lacking is all the rule breaking therefore they're lacking the escapist aspect to it therefore they're not nearly as much fun they don't have that same level of primal appeal they don't bring out the same level of glee like Nobody's having a gleeful podcast about like you know Law and Order or The West Wing. Like it's just not yeah. happening. Uh, yeah. Whereas like these shows like bring out people's glee because it's just it's so much fun to be in the shoes of somebody who's not held down by all of these uh. like weak people and all their stupid rules. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I, let's uh, yeah ch- change course a little bit because there's something sure. we just uh, talked about recently is the um, the wine scene in the. Um, uh, In the last episode of Better Call Saul, this is uh, Season 6, Episode 9, Fun and Games. what did, you, what did you make of that? And what do you make of the Gus character more generally? Um, because he's, he's sort of, he's not, you know, he's not the Salamancas. He's not the most evil man in the world. I think the Salamancas are sort of held up as sort of just like, you know, pure irredeemable, just, just trash. Um, he's not this, you know, sort of anti-hero like Walter or uh, Jimmy. Um, he's not, you know, like, obviously not, a, not like a, not a boy scout or anything. Um, so what do, you, what do you make of the sort of the Gus Fring character? And what do you make of that scene last week?
1: So I think what we're supposed to start with, if there's one show I would love to see, it's the Gus Fring origin story. <laughs> I um, would love
0: to see that too. Yeah,
1: I would love to see it. That um, um, guy
0: with a German name from uh, from uh, from Chile, right? I mean, I, I, yeah, I, like, why he's black and has a version, a German name? I mean, that's it's never even come close to being explained.
1: Well. You know, some Germans made their way over to, I, I've heard, I've heard tales that some Germans made their way over to South America after World War II. Okay. <laughs> um, so maybe, maybe, maybe there's, maybe he has a little Nazi in his blood. Um, you yeah, know, there's a book uh, like you know, maybe,
0: blacks and, you know, it's like blacks in Nazi Germany and it has like, like one of them was like assimilated or something. Maybe, maybe they, yeah, yeah. That, that would be you a great know, show. If
1: you're, if you're like a Nazi, whatever, SS officer and you show up in Chile in you know, four or whatever, 45, 46, you know, you, maybe you get married, right? Um, so, yeah. um, so yeah. you know, yeah, it's-
0: Second generation, yeah, that's a very smart. yeah, that he'd be the right age, okay, okay, yeah,
1: yeah, he, right. yeah yep, exactly. so um <laughs> so, so I kind of want I would like to see that show because I enjoy the character so much. I would also kind of not want to see the show though, because like the the, the mystery right is so is, is actually so enticing. Uh, of exactly where he comes from but you know at least in, in terms of like what we're supposed to know about him right what we're supposed to know about him if i remember correctly is basically you know he's from from chile he's he was he he was a person he was either a person or from a family um that was important in chile and we know that because eladio specifically tells him you're, you're i'm not killing you because i know who you are um from chile um and mm-hmm. so and then you know i, th- I think this was, the this was the recent
0: one where, where he had him in the no. uh, where he had him.
1: No, no, no! Um, back in the Breaking Bad, in the flashback in Breaking Bad, or I forget oh, which show. Right? In the flashback with his boyfriend, in the, in the flashback with him and Max going to see Eladio for the first time.
0: Uh, interesting. Um, okay, I forget that. And then yeah.
1: Eladio and then Eladio kills the boyfriend, uh, or you know the, the partner who we're sort of certainly led to believe is a boyfriend. Sure. Um, You know, right, Max, who, who, and then you know later on, Gus. Uh, remember, uh, Mike Ermitrod finds the fountain in the village that Gus um, yeah. built. Right, in honor of the of the guy, which is sort of reinforcing the idea that they, you know, that they were very close. Um, so so anyway, in that scene, Eladio specifically kills Max. He does not kill Gus. Um, and he specifically, you know, he has Gus on the on the floor by the pool, you know, staring in the you know, dead eyes of his of his, you know, presumably lover. Um, and uh, he says, I'm not killing you because basically I know who you are, you know, I basically I know who you are in Chile. And so the implication, the, uh, the implica- so the implication, and of course, and this is with like, you know, whatever the Pinochet, like all that, the, the all the, 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 the whatever happened, you know, kind of, you know, with, uh, with all those guys, with all that stuff. Um, and so the, the implication, I think, is that he's either like a military or intelligence officer who like fled Cuba or fled Chile, um, or he's like the son of a prominent family in Chile who was like part of the government, like part of the Pinochet government or something like that. Um, yeah. or maybe, maybe both, like maybe he was like a colonel in the intelligence service who happened to be the son of a high ranking official or something like that, right. When he was young. And, and, you know, and the re- the reason I'm, I'm going there is because Eladio knows who he is. Eladio cares who he is. And so that implies he either is like a real, per- you know, an important person himself or from an important family. And then he has all these skills, right? He's like this, like incredible intelligence, counterintelligence, paramilitary, you know, operator. With this like mm-hmm. incredible level of like discipline, right? He's got like yeah. you know he's like a he's like a James Bondian kind of competent character, right? Up up right. until the end, um, and so he got those skills somewhere, um, and so presumably in either the you know military or intelligence circles, and so ah. he's this like very like capable, competent um, you know kind of dark side James Bond kind of character, um, and then um, oh and so anyway, and then going to going to the wine scene, and so so my my so so I, I think the complete arc is something like. He was forced to leave Chile for reasons that we don't know. Um, He was forced to reinvent himself, um, you know, in basically hostile territory. Um, He is himself a Nietzschean Superman. Uh, He himself is building an empire. Um, He has concluded that in order to build the empire, he basically cannot have the personal life that he wants to have. Um, you know, and that's either as too much of a distraction or everybody around him is going to get killed or that, you know, his, if he has a boyfriend or a husband, it's going to get used to get, you know, going to use, get used against him. A family is going to get used against him. And so my view of the wine scene was very straightforward, which is, it was a glimpse into the world that it was a glimpse into the Gus that he wishes he could be, um, as opposed to the Gus that he knows that he has to be. And, and and then therefore the tragedy of the character. Now you, you don't agree with that at all. And I, I would love to hear like, why, why is is isn't that the obvious explanation for the scene? And why do you not view it that way? Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, you know, the, so, you know, the, what he, what he wishes, you know, he could be, I think he likes being, I mean, cause so even the way you describe it, you know, he, he made a choice. He cares about uh, building this empire, but it's, it's not just about that. He's, he's not just all about the empire. He is about, uh, you know, sort of. Uh, revenge, right? And it's he's 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 in he's for the competition, right? Um and so like he tells the you know, when he tells uh Lalo um before before he kills Lalo, uh basically tells him you saw because, you know, blood for blood, but it's all about money for you guys. Um I remember there was a um uh, there, the, you know, when uh, Mike is by the by the fountain, uh, he has to. He's trying to convince Mike to come back and work uh, work with him. Um, he, you know, basically, you know, tell and Mike is Mike goes, uh, you know, and what you're different from them. And he just like looks at him, he's like I am different from them, right? So he he has this sort of you know moral code and he has this um, idea about you know yeah, yeah he's you know he's he's building something now. Like could he have been just this gay guy who uh, you know this older gentleman who meets other older gentlemen and they, you know, they they sort of nerd out about wine and then go back and then have a drink together. I think he would, I think he would hate that life. I think he needs, um, you know, why, why doesn't he just, why doesn't he just focus all his time on El Pollo Loco, right? Um, it seems like, you know, For if you just want expected value return, he's very, very good at business. He, he could be a competitor to, to Colonel Sanders. I mean, but he, he doesn't want that. He likes having that. I think it makes it more fun for him. Like he goes to the DEA and he's like pretending to be an upstanding member of the community. And he's like, you know, giving money to children. But at the same time, he's a drug dealer. That That's fun for him. The, the, this... Doing this lame, you know, um, doing this lame uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, philanthropist, you know, guy next door stuff is only fun because he's really a drug dealer. Uh, so I don't right. think if you know he wishes it's just a tragedy that oh he just loves you know having this mess up meth empire so much he wishes he could just relax you know with with this. Uh, you know, with this new guy who's going to be his boyfriend. I I don't think it's that. I don't think he, I don't think he wants that. I think that, I think that this is a theme of like, this is the theme of uh, the entire universe. It's, you know, you have that realization of Walter at the end um, where maybe he knew the whole time. He says, you know, I didn't do it for my family and I did it for myself. Um, Kim, you know, was almost too similar. Um, The last episode when Kim leaves Jimmy, uh, she says, you know, I did it because it was, you know, too much, too much fun. So the, the, you know, the theme here is that People really like this stuff. They think it's cool, and you know, so Gus. Gus is Gus is part of that. Gus enjoys being Gus Fring. He doesn't want to be just you know gay guy. You know, having a marriage and, and settling down. That, that that just wouldn't work for him. But but then but then why the wine scene? You know, so the I, I'm I'm trying to figure out. So it depends on. You know, it depends on where he's going. So he, he uh, you know, he, he, uh, he, you know, he um, get, he just, you know, realizes something. He takes a sip. He realizes something. He leaves. I thought he was gonna like go kill Nacho's. father. <laughs> I thought Mike and Mike was going to Nacho's father and Gus. I thought they were like in a race to Nacho's father, but apparently it, it wasn't that. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, what the show often does is it, you know, it gets it, it, it you know, it's trying to show us. I think perhaps another you know another side of it so it shows him like you know going hanging out in high school or whatever going to the DEA we know he's gay but we've never seen him like being gay in any way right except for that one time um he went up there with his with his boyfriend and so you know I think this is also like a different side of him we just never never seen before um you know this I told uh when I told Chris, like this, the the, the Breaking Bad universe, they would love to show us men being really into things, right? So they love right, to show right. us like Walter getting really into being the best chemist, uh, co- cooking meth. They love the construction. I mean, this, the time they spend on like the construction stuff, even the law, the legal stuff. I mean, for someone with a law degree, it's actually it's actually fun. You know, I, I know what they're talking about when they're talking about you know discovery and motions and summary judgment and things like that. It's actually you know it's, it's quite fun. And there's this one. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember this. I, I only noticed it uh, when I rewatched the show. But uh, when uh, uh, Jimmy's trying to get reinstated, and then they're like, "Oh, have you been keeping up with developments in the law?" And he quotes some like Supreme Court case. He's like, "Oh, you know, classic Scalia." And it was a case like I was familiar with, so I think that you know this was like maybe I, I didn't check if this like came out at the exact same time this was happening in the show. But you know, it, it does a lot of this. Stuff. So the wine thing, you know, it, it's really it's right. showing these guys, but right. it's the gay version of it, right? It's like gay, what right. gay men are right. into, right? Not not right. not. Do it yourself home improvement, not cooking meth, drinking wine, and right. talking about wine with other with other gay men. Um So we right. we, we get that in, That's in enormous. To your
1: point, in enormous detail, right? The wine conversation yes, had enormous. I, yes, I, yes. I actually learned a lot about wine during that conversation. I was like, <laughs> I don't know any of this.
0: <laughs> you know, and the symbolism of it was beautiful because he's like you know it's uh, it has this earthy you know the magnesium it has this earthy almost bloody you know meaty taste. And he's drinking it, and of course you know he just he just uh, he just uh, took out uh lalo. Um, and so you know, I think it's you know I think it's it's doing first of all this cool thing that it that the show often does, just like a different version of it. It's showing us um, Gus, you know, uh, this side of him. Um, and I think it's showing us the, like the complexity. He can be like you know straight laced, like you know just the guy who's working with the with the government doing something. But he's also like got this you know sensitive, gay side and. Like I don't know, I don't know. Is this the last we've seen of Gus? Chris said maybe that this might be the end. I, I I don't think so. I tend to think not. I think he was going somewhere, and when we find out, you know, where he was going um, and what he does next, we'll have, I think, some insight. Um, if it ends just this is the end of, of Gus. He just goes off to Breaking Bad universe and gets killed. That would be uh, disappointing. Um, in that case, it, you know, maybe your maybe your theory is is slightly more plausible. But I think this show, you know, is just very sort of deterministic of people and, and how they are and you know the idea that you know they're doing the thing that sort of gives them the most joy joy in the moment you know based on their character and their self-image and how they like to see themselves and how they like to see the relationship with the rest of society i think that's that's consistent so i just don't buy the idea that he in any universe if if he became like the greatest you know dealer and the greatest chicken man in the world that he would just want to marry this guy and like settle down like no like like i, I couldn't imagine just doing that
1: well, the one the one edit I would add, or the the nuance I would introduce, is um, when we first meet the character of Gus, um, when he's going, he and Max are going to see Eladio for the first time. Um, he doesn't have the revenge motivation at that point. Um, when we first meet him, he's like bright eyed and bushy tailed, and like ambitious and excited, and clearly, 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 what he wants, I think, in that moment. Um, you know, we only get a few minutes of this uh, the way that they, they shot it, but. It seems like what he wants is he he wants him and Max to build a build an build a drug empire working for you know, working for Eladio. Um, and he, and it'll be, it'll be the best of both worlds for him because he gets to build the drug empire and he gets to do it with his partner slash boyfriend slash, right? Um, and and basically the future is you know if they can just get Eladio to sign up the future is wine and roses so to speak like all, all, all the way forward and then Eladio basically creates the revenge motive by killing Max. Right. Which kickstarts the, 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 you know, kind of that cycle. And so we so it's like there are two Gusses and we only really see the second Gus. There's a counterfactual universe. Right. There's a totally different show, which is the Gus and Max show. Right. Where Eladio mm-hmm. just says yes and lets them go make him a lot of money. And then they basically go build in true Nietzschean style, a great giant empire, meth empire as, you know, partners and lovers and have a great life and are the best like, you know, basically drug lords of all time. And again, like that, I, I guess what I'd argue is like, of course, of course, that's not the show that we get. Right. Um, Because that can't be the show that we get. Right. Because it doesn't it, it doesn't show the fall
0: yeah i think that's yeah i think there's something something to that so the fact that you know yeah i, I guess the, the mystery here and this backs up what you're saying is why he never you know finds finds a new boyfriend why is he always just about max you know he could have found you know another another guy or, or a string of men or or whatever as far as we know he never has you know a romantic interest with um anyone ever again um after that after that happens and uh you know, and I think but, we're, you know, we're,
1: meant to, we're meant to believe that he's like consumed with rage and the need for revenge, right? That's
0: yes, he's consumed with he's consumed with rage. Right. I, I think that's, I think that's right. And uh, you know, the, you know, the, yeah, I, the idea that slights like really matter to these things that seem sort of small, like Walt is, Walt, I think seems like driven by the people trying to give him charity. I mean, it seems like that sort of sets him off and like, no matter what happens, my family's not going to get charity. It's sort of funny because I, he, uh, he, he routes his uh, money through the charity. So they end like, they end up thinking that he he took charity, I guess, uh, which I guess is the I guess is a case for him having lost. But he didn't take it while he's alive, so I guess he he at least <laughs> he at least shows the world he could have supported his family, right? So he, he has that. He's like you know I, I could have done it my uh, own way. Um, yeah the yeah the the Gus character yeah is is you know is different. Are we supposed to? I mean, are we supposed to see him as he's he's evil, right? I mean, we're not supposed to see him as as a good person. Um, I think the, I think the Nacho storyline really makes that clear, right? That there's no, there's no, there's no, um, uh, you know, there, there, there's no way to to excuse this. Is that right? Or maybe, maybe he was overlearning. Maybe he just hated the Sol- Salamanca so much he did not see Nacho's inherent goodness. And you know, he just he was right about every Salamanca except him. And if he, you know, could have gave him a chance, opened his mind, maybe things would have been different.
1: But there's a, but, but again, this is tricky. This is where the the trickiness comes in and trying to figure out like the, again, this kind of the Nietzschean overlay on the Christian morality, which is like, Nacho wasn't a good person. Nacho was a terrible person. Nacho was a thug and a criminal and a killer and a fucking horrible person. There again, let me, the counterfactual, there's another counterfactual show in which Nacho is the bad guy and it shows the wreckage that he creates in the lives of everybody who's affected by all of his horrible Is, Nacho,
0: relax, is, right? is Nacho a bad guy? Okay. That's yes, interesting. He's a criminal.
1: He's a, He's a criminal. Like, if we're going to live in the world of Christian morality, like, he's a, he's a criminal, he's a bad guy. Like, clearly. He's, he's a career criminal. Like, he's definitionally a bad guy.
0: Yeah. But, so, again, okay, I mean, so maybe,
1: here, for me, it goes back to the same question, which is why do we let Nacho off the hook at all? And, you know, maybe you could say that's because on a relative basis, right, he's not as bad. Maybe you could say mm-hmm. that he's, a, you know, a combination of good and evil. Or maybe you could or or maybe you could just say he's like a JV, Nietzsche, Superman. Um, I think, maybe he I actually think buys into morality a little bit too much
0: yeah i think about the thing about Nacho is you know he starts out as a criminal obviously obviously he he makes that choice right and so he's relatively good, but he chose to he chose for this to be the comparison group that that he was in uh but at the same time he wants to get out at some point he re, i mean it, like and he wants to get out for a long a long time um yeah he's,
1: but the the criminal who wants to get out and never can is that's a standard right? That's the standard arc of, that's the standard tragic arc of a criminal protagonist in crime mm. fiction, right? Yeah, but,
0: but that's but that's, one a, more, that's a sympathetic... One, one,
1: one more job, right? The cliche is like, one more job and I'm out, right? Or Michael Corleone. No, but I, for, him, for him, it was...
0: Yeah, yeah, but but these guys like they're being pulled back in because they usually they have you know they're greedy or they just you know they justify it to themselves. He's in there because they're going to kill his his father. He really wants yeah. out, and he just wants to do what he can to protect his his uh, dad. So they basically got a gun to his head for like two or three seasons. Um, you oh, know, sure, for sure. most uh, half or more more of the time we know Nacho. Um, he's doesn't he doesn't like crime, and he just wants to he just wants to. And you know, there's all these cases where he could rob somebody or could do something, but but he doesn't. I think um, you know, like the the fact that you know that guy with the rims that that, that you know he's, he's he he has this sort of um you know he he let me ask you this what do you think about mike is mike supposed to be uh, a good person or he's just he's just like nacho he's also a criminal and everything else from christian the christian morality perspective and everything else well, you, again, from of, a, yeah.
1: right from a pure christian i mean look the, from a pure christian morality standpoint again i to the counterfactual the counterfactual would be a show in which like a cop goes bad right and it's it's horrible Right. And again, it's like, you know, what would the what would the drama be? The drama would be all of the horrible consequences for all the people around it. And, and they, they actually do some of that. Right. They do some of that with the, 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 the daughter-in-law, and the, the grandkid and like, you know, so forth. Like, um, you know, they kind of alluded to that and, the, you know, they show other consequences of his various crimes. But like, yeah, no, like he, he goes bad and he's a criminal and he's a murderer. And, you know, he kills the, you know, the German and, yeah. you know, he's like he's laying waste to the lives of people around him. And he's, you know, propping up a meth empire that's laying waste to the people in his community. Like he's a horrible, he's like, like from, from pure Christian standpoint, he's a horrible person. We shouldn't sympathize with him at all. Right. Why do we sympathize with him? Well, you know, and again, maybe the explanation could be the, you know, the psychological ones or whatever, the comparison ones, or you could just say, like, you know, again, he's another, he's another member of the JV Superman, right? Like he's like this, like super competent, you know, basically guy who's able, because of his, because of his law enforcement training is able to like, basically flout laws at will. He can always outsmart the cops. Um, And, you know, he has this putative... He has this yeah. theoretically I mean, good purpose of providing for his granddaughter, but uh, like, to your point, so like how, how much of it, is, how much is it? Because he actually just like really enjoys it. You know, he's he's self actual. this way, he's self actualizing, right? He's he's self actualizing mm-hmm. as like uh, this uh, this other kind of James Bondian kind of super competent kind of character who can break all the rules. So again, we're kind of back to the same question of like, why is that so enticing?
0: Yeah, but but uh, who's who's not in, who's not um, sympathetic? Are the Salamancas, the you know, are not are not supposed? The Nazis were not supposed to sympathize with. So these the Nazis these people are definitely didn't... not sympathetic. right, <laughs> right? That would be very Todd that would be is very not. problematic.
1: Todd yes. was not sympathetic.
0: Yeah, and, uh, Todd was uh, yeah, not right. sympathetic, right? right so so, so though they, they break rules right so it's, it's not just a, they build stuff I mean you know they've done well for themselves for how stupid they apparently are um same with Solomon because I mean they built something they had they built something bigger than than what Gus had for most of the time. Um, but we don't simply because we need we need some kind of plausible deniability right we need them we need this. you know we need some, like we could tell ourselves a story where everything Mike does, or everything Jimmy does, or everything uh, Nacho or uh, Walt does, it sort of makes sense in the moment. But the, you know, the Salamanca's—I I guess you can't—you can't be—you can't be, be like—you can't just be sadistic. You can't have you know gratuitous sadism. Is that—is that—is that, is that sort of the difference? Like the well, Walt, like just ever kill someone just just for the joy of killing them, right? He always has well, some what kind of. What about Lalo? What How about How do we who? feel
1: about Lalo? What about Lalo? How do we feel about Lalo?
0: Uh, I think we I think we don't like him as much as the so we admire his sort of uh you know his sort of you know ramble style being able to you know sneak into this and kill kill that but you know like when he's talking about um taking is like Gus like you know what he's with Hector you know I remember this the scene when, when he's like when Hector um, is in like the the nursing home and you know he can't uh, get up anymore he's like oh man remember when we tortured that guy we had some fun remember when we heard the screams of his wife and then like you know when the other one he's when he's got Gus under his control he's like oh we have kind of skinned him alive man that would have been fun i don't think you're supposed to i don't i don't i don't think who you are you could like breaking rules i don't think anyone you know i don't think anyone normal uh sort of uh, likes a guy like that but also the lalo scene where he's in the um the court you know the the courtroom with the family of the guy he killed at the western union and lalo just couldn't care he's like who's that They're like oh the guy who died i you know, you know, like I Jimmy, you wouldn't get that from Jimmy. You wouldn't get that from Mike. You would have at least got a few seconds of you know uh, self reflection. So yeah, so Lalo, I think it's a, it's a good it's a good uh, question because you know you have all that cool stuff, but then you have none of the redeeming stuff, and we we don't like him at the same level as we do these other guys. I don't think.
1: Well, when, when the hit squad, so when 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 Nacho lets the hit squad into the compound in Mexico, and the hit squad comes in to kill Lalo, are we rooting for the hit squad or are we rooting for Lalo?
0: Uh, I think that if you are, I think at that point, you know, I think at that point you're you care about Nacho and you. I think you're maybe you no, just. No, No, Nacho's left. No, Nacho's
1: yeah, left. Yeah, but, He's but, gone. but
0: but if Lalo comes, but if Lalo, if Lalo survives, Nacho's gonna be yeah. you know, gonna be screwed. I think is well, I think we because well, you, you, you see reading? Lalo in, in
1: that, Okay, but in in that moment where like where where Lalo is doing his thing and he figures out how to kill all the all the uh, special forces guys, in that moment, weren't you rooting for Lalo?
0: Yeah, I think I think I was. Yeah. I mean, I, I, maybe like, you know, you always root for the guy you know over someone you uh, It's hard to root for someone. Uh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Well, well look, when, when they, you know, look Scarface I
0: never Hector I hate um okay i hate kim by the way i i think she's awful and she has this you know fake fake goodness too on top of it so i H- hector and kim i think are my two least hector. favorite people i never root for those stupid you know those those dumb twin those dumb twins that go around just killing everyone um but no lalo is yeah he's charismatic he's handsome um, he's pure evil, like the Solomonians. there's just a gene, and you know this is. I think this is sort of a genetic determinist show. There's just a gene that the Salamancas have that, that make them evil. Not one of them, you know, has any kind of redeeming uh, feature. Um, I think you're right. I think I think it's you know if, if we're gonna try to have you know the sort of the algorithm of why we like people, like okay, uh, break rules, you know, plus being strong, plus okay, s- sadism. Minus, you know, willing, able to do things that get plausible, you know, deniability. Okay, like, you know, killing children or, you know, or, or women or innocent third parties. Okay, that's that's also bad, right? They have this distinction in the game versus out of the game, right? So they're always like, you know, he was in the game, he was out of the game. This matters. There has to be some kind of, you know, uh, there has to be some kind of code. Um, I think you're right. I think I think we're, we're sort of converging on the same place, but I do, th- you know, I do think that, I do think morality has a role. To, like you don't think that, like you know, you don't think that, like you could be as evil as you want, but we'll like you if you're if you're likable enough. Like you, you don't think that Lalo is supposed to be as lo- loved as some of these other. Uh, we're rooting for him as much as we are some of these other guys, do you?
1: Well, so did you see the movie Scarface
0: with Al Pacino? A uh, uh, long time ago, yeah, when I was a kid. Okay,
1: you should watch. Okay, you should watch Scarface. It's always a good. Is any any excuse any reason to watch Scarface? Is a good reason. Uh, Scarface out of this entire genre. Um, of crime and, you know, drug lords and the whole thing. Scarface is the movie that pushes you the hardest, I think, um, of this question of exactly how far will you go, uh, as an audience member, actually viewing the person as a protagonist that you identify with, as opposed to just like clearly pure evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, I won't, I, 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 I don't know if it's worth trying to not spoil Scarface at this point in cultural <laughs> history, but, um. You know, look, he's, he is just like, he's an absolute shit. Like he's fucking awful. Like he's terrible. And, and by the way, he's sadistic. Like, you know, he takes mm-hmm. the chainsaw to the guys in the bathroom, like the whole thing. Like he's, you know, he says, yeah. uh, he's awful to women and he's, you know, just like, he's just like an incredibly horrible, horrible person. And yet you go on this ride with him, you know, and, you know, of course he, he, not, you know, it's a famous, you know, goes out in a blaze of shame or whatever in the end, but you know, which, which, which you have so to the people do. He
0: takes the chainsaw uh, to, are they, are they all, are they also drug dealers? Does he do it to any yeah, civilians? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: No, he's not, yeah, no, he's not, yeah, I don't think so. But but again, you could also go to, the, there's an implicit morality here, right, which is, you know, it depends what what you view of the impact of drugs on society. But, like, you know, I, I do think ge- generally most of us would probably agree that whether or not a drug like cocaine or meth should be legal, it probably has. No, like but, but no, effective.
0: we're not evolved to think about effect on society. I mean, that's a different <laughs> that's a different question. You're not watching, you know, a house of cards and saying our democratic policy is good for, you know, compared to republican policies. You're you're not thinking that, well, although it's, it's right, a it's okay.
1: Let me give you Might. another example. So, when Walt when Walt lets the um, Kristen Ritter character die, the Jesse's girlfriend,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, uh, when she when she overdoses and she's choking, and he knows in that moment, right, and we know that he could save her, and he very deliberately chooses not to. And in fact, right, and then at the end of Breaking Bad, he actually tells Jesse to punish him. He actually tells him that he could have could have saved her and didn't. Um, you know, he does that. What midway through the series, right? He very deliberately lets a young woman die when he could have saved her. Which is oh, no, but you know, you know what that
0: you know what that young woman you know that young woman. I mean, she was she wasn't so innocent. I mean, she was trying. She was basically going to get Jesse on drugs. She was going to get him killed. And I, if I recall correctly, like he she was going to seriously expose them. Uh, you know, she was she was going to expose them. I, he could have justified it was her her Jesse. I mean, he thought he was saving Jesse okay. at that moment. Okay. I don't think it was. Uh, so she. Had I don't a, think that so was she had, your your argument is she had it coming. I mean a little bit. I mean not 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 you know not not totally. He should have saved her, but still. I mean you could. It's one of those. It's one of those gray areas where you could justify. Now the really bad thing, you know, I think Walter. Uh, did, which I think you can't, you know, uh, you can't really get around. I mean, there's a lot of them, but I think one sticks out for me is the, um, the, the janitor guy, right? The, the, the the big janitor guy who, um, who, when he's, when Walt's puking um, early in the series, he's puking in the bathroom. He's like, Oh, you know, Mr. White, here's a stick of gum. And then the guy ends up going to jail because they think he stole the equipment from the school. So he goes to jail, they found some pot on him and he goes to jail and Walt is, you know, Walt doesn't, do anything he's just like oh i feel bad for a moment and then he goes back to to being walter white i think that was you know that was a complete you know a guy who was nice to walter and had you know no uh you know no reason you could say it's uh has it coming you know i like this show the show it's funny because it's um you know, it's it's a very it's a very male world. I mean, I, I was thinking of any other sort of show made in the current year, they would have made some of the cops, you know, women. Um, they would have made some of the drug kingpins women. <laughs> you know, you would have had at least like a few sprinkled uh sprinkled in there, but you but you really don't. I mean, every every wife in Breaking Bad is, you know, uh stay you know, like a stay at home mom. I mean, the you have uh H H M. It's just it's just all men, the sort of the the cartel world is, of course, uh, all men, and so it's a um, you know it's, it's it, I think it's uh it's you know I think it's more compelling that way because I think a lot of the times when they do do this identity politics stuff it it's sort of it's sort of forced and the, you know the character doesn't make sense. if you like a female Gus I think would it would it make a lot of sense right I think these things are right. uh, sort of naturally uh, gendered. Um, let's uh yeah let me uh, let me ask you so what do you think you know we have I think four episodes left right. Um, where do, you, where do you see the show going? I mean, it, we, it seems like most things have been sort of wrapped up. I mean, Lalo's not around anymore. Howard's not around anymore. The, the, you know, it doesn't look like the cops are after them. We have four episodes, so though. A lot can happen there. You know, so what, what are you looking for? So what would make you happy? And like, what do you think they're going to actually do with the show?
1: It seems like it has to. I mean, the obvious answer, I think, has to be that it has to go to that final timeline where Gene you know, right. kind of comes back right and we find out what happened to kim and they either get back together or they don't but that resolves somehow and then gene you know either reestablishes his life as saul or goes off in search of some new adventure but but anyway it feels like we have to jump to that future timeline because because something has to happen it has to be like a real story um and um and then it, yeah and, and look it feels it feels like the other stories are over uh, it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's anything missing uh between yeah. saul and, and breaking bad no Having said that, I remember um, Matthew Weiner, right, who did uh, Mad Men once said that the way that, well, he said one of the reasons why the writing on Mad Men always felt so fresh and original and, and, and kind of, uh, you know, kind of surprising was, he said in the writer's room, the standard practice that they would have is the first thing they would do when they were talking about, like, what would happen in any scene was they would write down the, f- the first five things they thought of that would happen, um, the, th- the way they could have first five ways they could have something play out. And then they threw those away. Yeah. And so they, they always force themselves to, like, go to, like, number six. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of think like there's a genius to that, um, and I kind of think you know the, these guys have that genius, which is they, they throw curveballs in a, 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 on a on a regular basis. So I, I it's hard as I say it's hard to imagine it's just going to be the obvious, uh, but but I don't mm-hmm. know what that means.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I was going to close on that question, but actually, let me go, let me go back to something else because I just thought of it. I haven't actually talked about this at any of my other uh, Breaking Bad or, or Saul podcasts. The 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 universe's sort of understanding of sex, I think, is very um, it's very um, uh, I don't know, but like naive, or it's it's sort of under undersold as a motivator of human action, right? So we talked right. about Gus. Yeah he you know he he's, he's he could be you know gay clubbing or, or whatever he's not doing any of that he does he doesn't care all he cares is about revenge walter you know he becomes this you know the baddest man in the in the american southwest um he he tries to he you remember the scene where he tries to hit on a, uh the the fellow teacher and then he just gets like hr called in and then he's embarrassed and he's cleaning out his things
1: I don't remember that, but that sounds about right. Okay, so yeah. yeah,
0: he's a pretty big drug dealer, I think, at this point. And like, the only think he the only time he tries to cheat on Skylar. Oh, okay. it was even he wasn't even trying. He wasn't even like cheating. I think they were like separated or something at the time. And he, you know, he's he has this like, you know, it's actually funny. Go back and watch a scene because he's you know he's very awkward trying to hit on her. You think, oh, this might happen, but then you know it doesn't, and then you know he never tries again. Uh, Jesse has you know two serious girlfriends in this show. He has. Um, Uh, you know, he has the, uh, you know, the, the poor Mexican girl at the end and then the girl that, you know, Walt, uh, let's, let's die. Uh, Jimmy, you know, he's just, he's about one woman. He's about Kim. I mean, he, we see him, um, we see him later as Saul, uh, you know, with hookers or, or or whoever, um, in that last scene in the, in the last episode. Um, and uh, so yeah, who who else is there? So yeah, so these these uh, the Salamancas we never see them. You know, we, we see them. They mention girls, but you know, they, it's never like yeah. I guess I guess the, for them they, they do have that party where they all die and there's all the girls in the bikini. So I guess for for them it's it's something you know it's it's something important, but. Um, yeah, but sort of, What do you what do you make of that? It sort of is like a like a dude's world, not just in the underrepresentation of women, but even of men being motivated to do all this stuff for the sake of you know sex and and, and getting more women. Um, is this why is why is this missing from this universe?
1: So yeah, so and, and I was what I would observe is what the thing I always found surprising is that the Jimmy Kim plot, like they are romantically involved, they're sexually involved, they get married, but like. They're, they have this dynamic, but it's not primarily a sexual or even marriage dynamic, right? Like it's this kind of friendship partnership dynamic, even when they're married, right? And so, like again, there's this counterfactual. There's another counterfactual, a counterfactual universe on Earth Two. There's a different show, and that different show has a ton of relationship
0: drama between the two of them. Well, right? I, think, that, I, think, be very I think they have they have a healthy sex life. You're right, but they never have they, those it, kinds of fights that men and women have over, like, oh, you didn't tell me I look nice or something. Yeah.
1: There's was, was my point. There were there were never any issues. It was never a source of drama, whether they were having sex or not, whether they were yeah. together or not, whether they were married or not, wh- whether he was paying enough attention to her, whether she was whatever, 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 like all the things that show up in like basically just dramas around male female relationships. There was none of that, right? Um, and and you know, and it's it's sort of funny because it's just like Jimmy kind of automatically got you know the way I interpret it is Jimmy kind of automatically got a wife and a lover by virtue of having a partner in crime. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they just kind of just said, yeah, of course, he also gets that. And OK, fair enough. And it's just it's just not a source. It's not a motivator of the to your point of, of the plot in any way or, or the character. Um, I will argue that this is consistent with my Nietzschean theory, uh, mm. which is the Nietzschean Superman does not need to be motivated by women because the Nietzschean Superman in his full glory is perfectly capable of attracting any number of women who are attracted to you know male success uh and empire building. Um and so the Nietzsche Superman just has whatever wife or whatever romantic life he has just mm. as a you know as a rock rock stars like rock stars. How motivated are rock stars by sex? Like <laughs> you know if you can if you could have sex anytime you want with anybody you want. Like Warren Beatty, how motivated is Warren Beatty for sex, right? Like
0: Yeah but you know, they don't even but they don't even have after, I mean I think Walter yeah, If you think slept Wal- with
1: five thousand women how exciting is it?
0: <laughs> but they don't do they right? don't get to that point though. The wall I mean no, Walter I yeah, but that's I mean, my point. It's not, it's not
1: important. Walter's Walter's different because there was that pathetic element to it. I mean, maybe they they did that to make, maybe make him pathetic. But um, but uh, it, it's just it, I would say it's it's I'm more agreeing with you than disagreeing with you. Which is just it's not an important part of their motivations. It's not an important part of their personality.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't and that,
1: like it. It pales in comparison and interest to the empire building which is consistent Mm -hmm. with the archetype of the
0: Superman. Yeah. Yeah. These other things you think are sort of Nietzschean shows. We have Sopranos. I mean, Tony, you know, wants to, you know, keep, have a lot of sex. And then you have, um, uh, you have Mad Men, which I think you, you you might say, is this, is this also a Nietzschean thing? It's the advertising, right? It's, it's, that's what he's into. He's also, you know, very, very motivated by sex. So these guys, like, maybe it's not like, um, the number one thing they're motivated. Tony's motivated by crime. Uh, Uh, Don Draper, you know, loves, loves advertising. Uh, Walter White loves math, but it should at least come as a, as a byproduct. You would think that this, this would be, you know, this would be something in the Nietzschean world. And it's just, it's just sort of very conspicuous by its, uh, by its absence. It's something that I've thought a little bit about. I don't, you know, I don't have a, uh, I don't have a really good answer for, I think that, you know, here's maybe, here's maybe one thing. Um, one of the things, um, again, this is just another thing I talked to Chris about because we've had like 10, 10, uh, Ten shows on on us all in Breaking Bad. Um, it's it has a very sort of conservative outlook. So like it's rep, it's how it, uh how the show represents lawyers and cops, for example. Um, they're generally good people who want to do the right thing. They have ethics. You know, they're they're uh, the DEA. You know, is um is not a, is not a is you not on the take. Is not working with the cartels uh the you know the the lawyers you know they're trying to sort of you know they're doing the best for their clients you know kim you know she's horrified the first few times uh jimmy cuts some corners this is why jimmy is a is an outcast uh, with the legal community and and so you know i think i think this you know, I think this is a this is a sort of conservative show, and it's like sort of the the bad guys are not society or racism. Like the Salamancas, it's the, right. the, the less of the Salamancas is not that they were discriminated against, right? It's like they're bad right. people and they're murderers, and like the cops and the lawyers and the and the justice system are like there to protect us from from people uh, like this. And so like the attitudes towards sex is like okay, TV is showing you that like everyone is like you know having sex with everyone else, everyone is cheating every opportunity uh, they get, Um, you know loyalty. There's no such real. Such thing as loyalty is just what you can get away with, and it shows. But these shows—they show all these men in situation after situation where you know, for all the other faults, even if they're bad, they are loyal to women. Jimmy is in the end loyal to uh, Kim. Um, Walt is uh, loyal to his wife. Howard, you know, to the very end, he's completely cuck. I mean, I've, uh, Walt. I mean, Howard. I hope you know. I hope. I hope. I hope his, his memory is at least redeemed in some way. But you know, his wife doesn't want anything to do with him, and then you know, they, they think he's a he's a drug addict. And so, I, I think it's this sort of maybe fits with the conservative world we like, you know, other art and other, you know, a lot of other art, a lot of other uh, culture, a lot of the rest of our culture is sort of cynical about these things like sex, power, uh, race, the economy, you know, the fairness of society. And it's saying, no, it's not cynical. You know, it's not that bad. Um, You know, there's goodness in like people in all kinds of different ways. Yeah, yeah so, so two uh, little
1: touches I really liked along those lines so one little touch I liked was in the, the Howard funeral scene where we see these photos of Howard and if you remember the photos of Howard that they put up they're all photos of Howard having just an absolute blast like
0: golf yeah, yeah he's like fishing, scuba diving or something Yeah,
1: scuba diving and like whatever harpoon, whatever, harpoon fishing or whatever helicopter <laughs> skiing like all these different it's almost like he's this like extreme sports you know whatever triathlete fisher hunter whatever guy in his like you know that he had this whole other life where he was like his own version of like an extreme sportsman. Um, and and all, in all the photos, like he's just grinning from ear to ear. Like that's his, like these are all his happiest places. Um, and it's like, you know, he, he had, but we, we never saw that. We never glimpsed any of that, right? He, it was not part of his life. It worked that we saw and it wasn't part of his, obviously his relationship with his wife it was this whole other thing. So I, I thought that was, that was cute. And, and again, reflective of this, this kind of character that you're talking about, which is, you know, kind of these self-actualizing men. Um, and then the other, the other thing that just tickled me to no end, um, which I just giggled every time I saw it was, um, you know, there's this, there's always this cliche, right? In like American fiction, there's lots of movies and shows serious and, and, uh, and, and comedic both in which like Americans go to Mexico and like horrible things happen in Mexico. And then, you know, sort of the Americans can kind of retreat back to America, right? And it's kind mm-hmm. of like whatever happens in Mexico, like whatever happens in Tijuana didn't really happen. And yeah, we killed a whatever prostitute, whatever, whatever. But like we're Americans, we have an American passport, you know, we're going to be fine. Um, and, and so, you know, Mexico is kind of this exotic land in which basically you can break rules and to some extent get away with it. Lalo <laughs> treats America that way.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, right? good point. So yeah.
1: It's, So it's reversed, right? So the thing that tickled me so much about Lalo is Lalo, you you made this point, like when he was in the courtroom with the victims or whatever. Lalo comes to America and he's like, I can do whatever the hell I want. Like I can break any number of laws up here. I can bribe whatever. I can get caught eight times. Like I can have a thousand outstanding warrants. It doesn't matter because I can always retreat back to the real country of Mexico where I live like a king and I have total power. Yeah. Um, and so I just I greatly enjoyed the inversion and in how he's able to treat America as like this lawless frontier where he can just get away with whatever he wants because his power yeah. base is in Mexico.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess that's that's another way the show is sort of conservative on on border security. Look at these psychopaths <laughs> that just keep coming in, killing them, then going going back. To
1: I mean, America, right? America is lawless playground. Like he can do whatever he wants, and like he's like, "Ah, oh, fine, I need seven million dollars to get bailed out. Fine, Jimmy will bring me seven million dollars in cash to bail me out. Like whatever. It makes no difference yeah, yeah. at all, right? What happens in the yeah. U.S.?" and it's like oh this this you know this this must be you know I was, I was kind of thinking like this must be what it feels like to be on the receiving end when americans do this in other countries
0: yeah yeah you know this is uh, this is another thing i like about this series is we, you know in our imagination like mexico is a country of you know what is it 150 million people it's right on the border we don't think about it a fraction that we think about you know these middle eastern countries that don't matter it's not really there in the culture like how many things are set in the american southwest with like this you know this uh this anglo hispanic cultural mix we have a lot of stuff on you know california we we have a lot of stuff of blacks, of course. Uh, you know, Midwest inner cities. We have you know the Southern shows. We have the uh, Wild West, like before. You know, sort of uh, uh, the demographics change. Um, but we have very little about this. You know, this fascinating country and this sort of a uh, cultural uh, uh, amalgamation in the in the Southwest. And you know, it's nice to see that. It's actually it's actually very interesting. It's like the differences between U.S., Mexico, and sort of like you know the the drug cartels and and you know the the politics and sort of the uh, you know how the um, you know how the how the uh foreigners and americans you know interact there's a lot there's a lot that's interesting there and i yeah i enjoy seeing uh i enjoy seeing the show explore it so okay yeah i mean it's getting dark mark even like i see even even on the west coast it gets <laughs> it gets dark eventually so uh, I, so yeah i enjoyed this and um yeah well, let's uh let's let's do uh tv reviews again sometime good yeah let's do it let's
1: do it when the show wraps up
0: yeah, absolutely all right take care awesome